everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we did episodes. I can do this. Sorry. I completely blinked. Let's see, we did... Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Thank you for knowing with the episodes that we did. I kept thinking it was nine and ten, and then I was like, that can't be right. But I think I was thinking it had to be like a denomination of three for some reason. Because uh, I did not watch three episodes, but in my mind, I was like, we always fall on a three. That is not how it works. I mean, that's not how it works. Yes, but like, I thought we would have ended on nine. So my brain kept saying eight and nine, eight and nine. And that's not the thing. That's not it. That's okay. It's in the title. Everyone knows what they're in for. So yeah, (laughs) nine, ten. Uh,. You have hot takes. I'm interested to hear your hot takes, because I have, like, opinions, but I kind of want to just, like, feed off of your hot take <laughs> energy more than anything, because the show's just so, like, slow that I sometimes forget what my hot, like, what fe- what feelings I even would have. That's fair. <laughs> I will say I really liked episode 10. It was one of my favorites. There were just some vibes to it that I I really got into and I liked a lot. I liked the pacing. It didn't feel as slow as usual, but okay. We have to issue a trigger warning for this hot take. Um, The trigger warning we're going to talk about sexual abuse. And um, if you're sensitive to that, I will look in the timestamps. I will give you a warning of when we start and stop talking about it. We start about now, but I will mark when we stop talking about it so that you can jump back into the episode when you're more comfortable. But it is important to me that we start the episode by talking about, God, I should have looked up her name, the wife, the now ex-wife of Jin Sok, and how she first met Jin Sok. And how she said he was extremely intoxicated, and then he got into a very emotional argument, conversation, with his then-partner, Chan Young. It seemed like they maybe broke up, they were going through it, he was very emotionally vulnerable. He then went back to drinking, and she decided, well, I'm in love with him, so it's okay if I take him to a hotel room. And presumably they slept together that night. And I am nauseous at the thought of this. And I don't think it's as clear until you try and switch the gender roles here. But it is so disgusting to me what what she described and how it was just blown over. That it's like that there is no reaction of like, oh, you should be in prison. You're you're disgusting. Yeah. He could not, he was not in the right state of mind to give consent. And consent, if there is not consent, if there is not enthusiastic and explicit consent from both parties, then you had non-consensual sex. You you raped that man. Like, that is... That's how I read it. Yeah. No, and I I actually, I'm glad that you brought this up. I feel the same way, and I'm glad that you did the trigger warning, because I do want to talk about this, and like get it out because it's worth talking about that this is like it's so frustrating it's that thing right where it's almost like 
like you said, because the gender roles aren't, like, the classic, like, it's the woman being taken advantage of, then it's almost like a, then it's fine, and it's not. It's not that it's a double standard. It's bullshit. He was manipulated from the get-go. He did not consent to it because he couldn't give consent because he was too drunk to give consent. And then she continued to manipulate it because at that point, it's like she clearly used the existence of the son whose name I forget to, to keep him in that relationship. And so he has been in a non-consensual relationship for like 10 years. And it's abuse. It is, it's more than manipulation. It's abuse and it's sexual assault and it's psychotic. It's psychotic. It's like textbook stuff that this is so not okay on so many levels. And I hate that the show took it in that direction and didn't, I don't know, stand with the consequences of that. They just decided like, yeah, we'll just throw in a little storyline of rape and emotional manipulation and this, these like years of abuse and just be like, but it's it's a woman doing it, so it's not really that bad, right? Like, I hate this show for doing that because, yeah. yeah, it's so clearly wrong on so many levels what this man has been through. And they're just like, well, you know, things happen and uh, she's going off to Europe now, so I guess it's fine. All's well that ends well. And it's like, no, yeah. she should be in prison for the rest of her life. She's psychotic like you said this is not okay and i'm so mad she's a criminal she's a criminal that no one is prosecuting and this show yeah like you said it's it it would feel better if they decided not to follow through with like the full extent of consequences where there's legal action taken or whatever if they at least acknowledged if if there was some kind of explicit acknowledgement that that he's a victim in this situation of sexual assault. Like, if there was some kind of, like, um, follow through with what this is. But because, again, like, like you said, and I said, and like, we've all said it, but like, it's worth repeating. It seems like because they flip the gender roles, they feel like the follow through isn't important. And it is because it's that thing where rape culture and the patriarchy and toxic just like it, let's actually stick with it. with rape culture it hurts everyone it hurts everyone when you don't acknowledge that it goes both ways and it hurts all parties all genders anyone can be a victim of it and if you act like only one of the sexes can be a victim of this then you completely discredit like <laughs> Everything, everything about it. You take away the entire conversation and make it, I don't know, like, I just, it's so frustrating that he went through that. And yeah, like you, like you said, it just, there's no follow through on it. There's no follow through on consequences or or what this means. It's just, oh, bummer. That was a really rough relationship. Yeah. More than rough. (laughs) (laughs) Even the conversation that she was having with Chan Young. Obviously, it is not Chan Young's responsibility to be like, oh, I'm going to call the police and tell them what you just said. That is that is not really her place. But it's hard for her to just be like, ah, 
I can't listen to this anymore. What are you here for? And it's just like, I, I'm not going to engage with this. I'm not going to talk about it is also problematic. I, yeah, I don't know what to, what the resolution should have been, but they gave us zero follow-up, zero resolution. It was just like, like you said, swept under the rug. They're not going to talk about it because a man is the victim and quote unquote, I guess men can't be victims. So no problems. No crime was committed. And it- <laughs> no crimes. <laughs> and we're going to send this woman off with a child. We're going yes. to send this criminal off with a child to who cannot advocate for themselves in a country where they don't speak the, like, at least they don't natively speak the language. I would hope that he probably knows some English, but, like, enough to communicate if he's being victimized by his criminal mother? I don't know, because I don't trust her. She's been cold to him his whole life, apparently, and his whole conception was her taking advantage of his father, we think, even though she's also said that he's not the father as an additional manipulation tactic. I don't know. I just, (laughs) it's so bad every way you look at it. Yeah, which I think was a very frustrating, like, distraction from that whole storyline is being like, oh, they're just gonna be shipped off. That's her ending, is that she's gonna start over as a mom and redeem herself as a mother by taking her kid out of Korea, where he would clearly be discriminated against for being a child of divorce. That's I guess the worst possible thing you can be. And um, so she already pulled him out of school. He's presumably just at home alone at this point. And um, they're just going to go off to London together. And it's like, that's not a satisfying conclusion. She is so problematic. She is a criminal. She's unhinged. And you've given us so many reasons to not like her over and over again. I do think they did a weird job with telling instead of showing that she's a bad mom, where it was only Jin Sok one time who was like, she also just didn't want a kid. She didn't want to be a mom. So she also doesn't like our son. And we kind of never got evidence of that. (laughs) Her interactions with the son have always been really normal and pretty caring and warm. So it's this mixed message when she's like, I really want to take him away. I want to protect him. I want to be a better mom to him. And you're like, I guess I'm supposed to be happy with that. But I can't separate that from the conversation you had with Chan Young, where you committed a crime that was so heinous that nobody ever talks about. Nobody that doesn't come up again. It's just like... We have these weird two storylines where she's this awful, awful criminal. And then also she's trying to redeem herself as a mom. And you're like, I can't. It's one person. I don't want her son to go with her because, yeah, yeah. she's so we disgusting haven't acknowledged. Yeah, she's repulsive and we haven't acknowledged that she's done a crime. So why are we sending a kid off with her? It's, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. And I think you're supposed to be like, but he's living with his mom. And as this show has shown us, your biological mom is the best option. Like, (laughs) what? 
<laughs> Literally, the rest of the show is like, no, adoption is a good good thing, and you can find the family you you should be with over the family you were born into. But this one storyline in particular is like, no, he should be with his mom. That's the right thing. It's like, no, he should not. He should be with the dad who loves him, who just ha- just so happened to not be involved in his creation. Like, yeah. what is this show doing? Yeah, I don't understand it at all. Because, yeah, he could literally be, you know, the adoptive parent or whatever to this child who he, yeah, like you say, he loves him. He loves him. And he's a good dad, for at least from what he has said. <laughs> so, sounds like he calls his kid a lot during the separation based on one interaction between the mom and the kid also. Mm-hmm. So... He was like, oh, yeah, no, dad always answers my phone calls. Should I call him now? Yeah. No, don't worry about it. (laughs) Again, it's a tell-don't-show relationship, but uh, we think he's a good dad. We think she's a semi-okay mom, but either way, we know what she has done now, and uh, the kid should go live with his dad, very clearly. But they're like, oh, no, he would live just the worst possible life if he tried to go live with his now divorced adoptive father that would be just ruin that would wreck this kid it was like i don't know i thought your show was building up to a different kind of consensus i thought we were deciding adoption (laughs) was okay and that people could turn out to live in a better situation than the families they were born into it's fine do what you do do what you do i guess yeah this whole show is found family it's like the friends are found family the families all adopt kids everything is found everyone is friends with everyone else's parents everyone loves each other so much and then they have this storyline where the criminal gets to keep the kid and it's it's rough but i guess we'll go with it yeah, I needed to I get that know. off my chest because, uh, yeah, what the hell? Why? Yeah, that was a wild storyline. Wild storyline. Um, it's crazy too that that storyline got wild when she was apologizing to Chun Young. <laughs> she she came to say sorry and then also admitted the worst possible situation. Yeah. <laughs> That was supposed to be her resolution arc. They were supposed to be like, all's well that ends well. We're writing her out of the story. She's done in episode 10. Aren't we all happy that she and her son got a good ending? And it's like, you threw a pretty good twist in there that I don't think you realized. Um, Maybe you guys don't acknowledge that that is as heinous as it is. But uh, you're not slipping that past us. Detectives not playing on K. K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous! Uh, you know what? I liked. I think it was up. I'm pretty sure it was episode ten. Yeah, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, one hundred percent. I think. <laughs> um, I was really, really glad. It probably one of my favorite scenes of the show so far was Juhi letting. Mijo know that she feels like the third wheel in the relationship. We were all thinking it. Yes. We were all thinking it. And I'm so glad that she finally said what what she needed to and what's on her mind. I guess where it gets me is that 
it was still me, Joe, and Chung Young leaving her at our house at the end of the night or whatever. Like, ah, oh, we're gonna go off together now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have been frustrated by that if they had, if me, Joe, had told Chung Young everything that Juhi had said, kind of reported back, mm-hmm. like. He said she feels like the third wheel. Isn't that crazy? It's like, don't talk about her like that. That's what makes her feel like the third wheel. But they didn't, so I think it it was okay. Yeah. It's just so reasonable that they that she thought that in the way that they often will do stuff, like already have plans to have a sleepover or something, and then she just happens to come over. It's like, oh, did, didn't know you guys were hanging out. Um, Good to know. I, can I also sleep over? And obviously, of course, because they aren't actually trying to exclude her. But also, it, it's just, they're showing this one and not telling. They're showing the relationship where she does not always get invited to stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job of allowing you to see all these things that were making Juhi feel the way that she felt. So you're very on her side about it. I have something mm-hmm. in my throat. I'm so sorry. So now my voice just sucks <laughs> all weird. I'm trying not to keep coughing. Oh, anyways. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool conversation. And they did such a cool thing with the camera angles. I don't know if they'd done this in the show before. They probably have, and I just didn't notice. But there were two times in episode 10 where the camera angles really accented how you were supposed to feel in the scene where in that scene they have the actresses from the side in a profile view like really close up on their faces in one third of the shot and then the rest of the shot is like the blurred out background and it would just go back and forth between the two close-up profiles and similarly in a scene before where the the creditor comes to Mijo's clinic and tries to intimidate her. They have a little shot of Mijo's face where the camera shakes just a little bit. And it's so subtle. But both of these scenes just had that little touch that was like, things just got serious. And it was, oh, I thought it was so cool. I love creative, like, when uh, when a K-drama does creative camera work or or really creative sound engineering, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of design uh, the atmosphere in those subtle ways. Like you said, you don't really notice it's happening until you do. But what it does do is give you an effect of uh, things have changed very suddenly. Yes. Like things do. Uh, so this is our artistic way of saying it. Oh, it's so cool. I would never think of that stuff. But man, it's so cool to experience. Yeah. Yeah, the cinematography in this this show is really cool. It's not maybe um, always the most groundbreaking, but it it's subtle in the way that the whole whole show is subtle and quiet, and it fits the theme really, really well. Yeah, yeah, I really like so much of it. Um, oh god, I think that was my only hot take, and now I'm now I'm out of energy. I'm just like 
Just vibing. Yeah, my only real hot take was the whole Juhi thing. That was just something I loved that they can they finally confronted. And it, like you said, they did such a long build up to it. And I was really grateful for that. And I really liked the scene itself. I thought it was really good. But I just like Juhi generally. So anytime she's around, I'm pretty hyped. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Um, the rest, I almost feel like, I, it's almost like it would just be a comment vibe, but maybe that's what we usually do. Probably it is that every week, and I just don't notice because it feels like I have an opinion on so many <laughs> things. Uh, and this week I only had an opinion on two things, and the rest is just, wow, her mom really sucks. <laughs> huh? <That's, laughs> the biological ooh. mom. Yeah. Her real mom, her adoptive mom, is awesome. She's great. Oh, yeah. But, She's the best. Uh, yeah. All of the all of the moms that we like, we like a lot, and all of the moms we hate can't stomach them. Cannot even. Yeah. Wow. Good job. There's on no that. mid mid grade moms. <laughs> <laughs> no middle tier moms on this show. <laughs> I okay. I have two questions for you. I think both oh, will no. send us off on tangents, so I'll try to remember both of them. We'll go with the slightly easier one, maybe. Which is, what do you think about Juhi and the chef? How's that going for you? Mm, it almost felt, I don't know. I'm like underwhelmed by it. I ship it. I don't not ship it. I just... It's a small I ship. Guess that, yeah, I guess they just haven't given me enough. Or maybe, maybe I just feel confident that it will all come in time and I'm not just you know, chomping at the bit for it to happen. But in my mind, I'm like, he just got out of a relationship, right? So it almost feels wrong to ship him with anyone at this point. Um, I do like the idea of her not working for him when they get together. Fair. Um, I don't know why, because I don't mind the idea of, you know, a couple working together, but it's the fact that he hired her and she's kind of in a tough financial situation without a job, where I... I would rather he, um, I would rather she get established with, I guess she's going to open like a shop or something maybe, or start yeah. her own little business, which I really like. Um, that's fair. I think that's cuter. And like, yeah, yeah, the, the couple owning a restaurant together, super cute, but it also isn't really in her skill set. It would be cool for her to open her own shop that builds on the skills that she's built over the last 12 years. Do her own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that idea. That she It almost makes more sense to me, since she worked in skincare, technically. It was skincare, like, retail skincare. But because she did that, it almost just makes more sense to me that she would work, if she was going to work for anyone, that she would work for Mijo or something. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's something that they want to do either. Maybe, did it say what kind of shop she was going to open up? I can't remember. I think she did. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just, I guess I'm fine with them, but I don't have, I don't feel super opinionated on them. I just feel like it's going to happen, and I'm not, I, I like them both a lot. I don't know if I feel the kind of chemistry that would make me try, like, try and set the ship out to sail before it's ready. Yeah. I think we're totally on the same page 
where part of me is like, is there even a ship? Is it just a canoe at this point? Am I just hoping? Because <laughs> lizard brain psycho part of me watches them looking at apartments and is like, get an apartment together. It'll just be cheaper. And then you can live together. Uh-oh, a new trope. You're living together now. And it's like, go calm down. But And then the other part of me sees them at the restaurant together and they've got such cute little moments but they feel very like just two co-workers that really vibe and that's cute too yeah. like a good friendship and <laughs> maybe i'm just imagining that they're building up to a ship because it feels like nothing a little bit it feels like they're just good friends and that's fine i guess yeah he's really cute i keep forgetting i i got so hyped on him being the bodyguard from W when I first realized it. And now I almost can't even imagine it. I'm surprised that I recognized him. Right? He's so cute (laughs) and normal as a little chef. He's not this macho, tough, super cool and suave bodyguard anymore. Yeah, always wearing a suit and shit. (laughs) Bodyguard stuff. I don't... Yeah, (laughs) it's just bodyguard things, you know? It's like Secret Service, but... Like, not for the president, okay, so. so it's hot. <laughs> if you work for the Secret Service for the president, it's also hot. Don't worry. That was not to offend <laughs> any of our Secret Service listeners. Um. Okay, next yeah. question. What did you think about the breaking of the window? Oh, I thought that that took such an interesting turn. I was panicking when they did it because I am a rule follower right? in my heart. <laughs> I am such a rule follower, and I just didn't understand. I I was grateful that they turned themselves in and, you know, like, paid up for their little crime spree or whatever, because that would have been worse, right? If oh, they yeah. were, like, we're entitled to being monsters. They were like, no, we just really want a cake, so. Um, I, I actually... The turn it took is completely unrealistic. I cannot envision a world in which a shop owner, even after they get compensated for damages and everything, feels okay about someone physically breaking a window to get into their shop in the nighttime. I just feel like that's never gonna pan out super well. I did not think it was very realistic. That said, I liked it. I liked that the shop owner was like, ah, you guys. <laughs> yeah i like when she walks into the police station and every officer looks at her and is just gives a little nod like we understand we would have done the same thing and it's like no you guys don't break the law please i think i know this is just the craziest thought i've ever had because playing D should not make you think that you are an expert level thief but i was like <laughs> There's got to be another way into this building. Case this joint. Why are you just looking at the front door going, that's the only way in. We can't pick a lock. We just got to smash the window. Like, there's got to be multiple ways into this building. Did you even check? Try the back door. Just try it. Maybe someone left it unlocked. Maybe someone, maybe the cleaning crew is out out there still doing cleaning crew things, maybe, in the back. You know, like the cleaning crews do sometimes when the back needs to be cleaned by the crews. (laughs) (laughs) Warwick has it. (laughs) (laughs) Or, okay, 
Don't they were sitting in. there for like three hours before they decided to break the window. Could you not have gone around back, learned to pick a lock in that time? Watch a YouTube video? Yeah. How to pick a lock. Oh my god. That definitely exists. That sounds like a much better way to spend your night than moping on the sidewalk, being like, man, I wish we had this cake. I think we'll have to break this window. Like, no, learn how to pick a lock. You don't even have to pick a lock on the building. You go to the next building over that's abandoned, okay? You break into that building. There's got to be a tunnel underneath, a cellar that connects the two buildings. You get up to the cake building. There's a lock. But you've learned how to pick that in the last three hours. You're in. You go through the back room. You take the cake. Nobody even knows you were there. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, you could have done you could have learned a skill in the time it took you to decide to break the window. <laughs> I hate it. You fools. You fools. You're so lazy. <laughs> what has made you this lazy, I don't know, but yeah, it's like it's fine. Maybe it's very American of us as well to be like that window is going to be repaired in like six to eight weeks. That is, oh for God, some yeah. reason, you call the window guys and you're like, hey, I I need this window replaced. You call your landlord even. That's worse. You're like, hey, somebody broke the window on my cake shop last night. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to have to pay for it. You're like, it's fine. We settled. Um, I've got the money. I can pay for it. And they're like, I will send my cousin to come look at it. And they will tell me whether you actually need a new window or not. And you're like, I, I do. I need a new window. It's gone. There's just a hole now. I can't sell cakes. And glass everywhere. There's glass I everywhere. also can't sell cakes. I cannot sell cakes until I get this window fixed. Please just come do it. And they're like, well, my cousin will be there on the 15th. And then they will tell me if I need to order a new window. And then I will order it. And then they'll come install it maybe six to eight weeks out. That is the most accurate representation of conversations with landlords that maybe I think that um, if no one has had a conversation with a landlord before and you needed reference before you called your own landlord or something, this is it. That is how the conversation goes every single time. They let you know that you will have to go without perhaps, for example, a furnace through pretty much the entirety of January and February. Um, it's happened before. <laughs> One time our ceiling was collapsing. Okay, this is about <laughs> me now. <laughs> One time our ceiling was collapsing around our, our swamp cooler vent because of the moisture that swamp coolers pump in. It had... It had soaked through the ceiling, the, in the drywall in the ceiling, and it was just sagging. It looked terrible. It was um, completely, like, the vent was falling off. It was held up by one 1. 1.5 screws <laughs> in one of the corners <laughs> that still hadn't gotten all messed up. And we called our landlord, and he said someone would be over in, like, a week. And then they didn't show up on the day he said that they were going to show up. And then we said, okay, well, let us know when the person's going to show up, I guess, the next time that you can make an appointment. And we didn't hear from him for a month. <laughs> and then we were like, hey, how's it going? Ceiling's still collapsing for us, in case you were curious. 
he sent someone over and they came over and they checked it and they said they would call the landlord with the quote because he's the guy that they have to talk to to do the thing and get approval and we were like okay <laughs> they went like another month and we were like hey did they ever get in contact with you and he was like oh yeah uh they'll be over in like a week <laughs> oh my god yeah and sorry that was maybe the most boring story ever but that is actually how landlord conversations go so you would be pissed if somebody broke your front door just off its hinges and they were like I'm so sorry, but my friend has cancer. And you were like, I can't get a front door, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry about your friend. I see how this was important. But she kind of lives with her mom now. Could she not get the cake tomorrow and be like, hey, mom, I'm so sorry. No cake tonight. Guess we'll have to celebrate your birthday four hours later. Like, <laughs> I... I don't know. It's, like, very cute and sweet in theory, but part of me is like, you ruined this lady's business for at least a few days while she was like, I guess I have to operate without a door and people can just pick up deliveries, but there's just got to be, like, plastic on my front door now. I don't know. Yeah. I, it stressed me out so much to think about her, and she was like, no, it's totally fine. I love it. I put it on social media. Everyone else loves it. I'm going to have so much business when I can actually do business again. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Um, I do, to their credit, I do love the theme that every three episodes or so, those girls end up at the police station. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's pretty cute. They can't say away. Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen often in Korea? I've never been to yeah. a police station myself. To these 39-year-olds, all the time. All the time. All the time. I've also never been to a police station. I'm only 29, though. So we've got I've got time. 10 years <laughs> to spend in police stations. Mm -hmm. Even oh, if every time so you terrible. spend in a police station, it's all just three weeks apart. You just keep going back again and again. <laughs> I guess that's the vibe. Oof. I feel like every other storyline that we could talk about is a bummer and just kind of makes me mad. Like her mom or Sonu's dad or... Oh, I guess they got in oh, yeah. kind of engaged. They got couple rings. That's cute. Love that. That's super cute. They love each other so much and his dad is just gonna try and mess that up for them. And that's a bummer. But... And she's real in her own head about it, which is the biggest bummer of all. Because when she told him, like, like we're not going to break up because I'm adopted. Why are you being terrible? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, get him. And then uh, half an episode later, she was having a crisis silently about it instead of communicating about it. Yeah, I was losing my mind. I was like, you can't tell Sonu that? You just tell his dad? Like, if we break up, it'll be for other reasons, but we're not going to break up over you. And then she goes back to her boyfriend and is just mopey mick inner feelings face all the time for like days on end until he's like hey i know my dad talked to you and she's like wow what a relief <laughs> what i wasn't gonna tell you like you probably should tell him if it's this upsetting to you if you could walk away from that and actually be like look i love him he loves me this is not a problem for me that you're psychotic like that's 
that's fine, but it's your problem, not mine, then that's fine. And maybe you don't have to tell your partner. You probably still should. But especially if it's going to upset you this much, please just talk about it. Please just do that. Please. Please be normal about this. Because tough stuff happens. And what makes it tougher is just letting it grow (laughs) inside you silently. (laughs) Same with your mom stuff. I hate it. Like, it's so cute that she told her mom first. I loved that. It was so frustrating to watch her be like, "Um, everyone else in my life will suddenly hate me if I tell them that my mom sucks. What? You have a complex. You need therapy. That is not true. All of these women do actually need therapy. Pretty much the most stable person in this show is Juhi. And that's why we love her. (laughs) Um, Everyone else needs to be seeing seeing a therapist to talk through their shit because otherwise they... They bottle it up so hard and no one harder than Mijo. So. Yeah, and maybe that's why it's so frustrating when she goes to Juhi and Juhi's like, you're keeping things from me all the time. I'm left out. And she starts crying. So it's like, we get it. It's hard to communicate with your friends when every time you tell them anything that's hard, they just start crying. It's hard to share that with them. But it's unfair to be like, I just don't want to see you cry, so I'll keep my suffering to myself. And Chan Young never cries, so sometimes I tell her stuff. It's like, that sucks. You can't just take that responsibility for Juhi's feelings and be like, I just don't want you to cry. It uh, freaks me out, so I'm just, yeah, I'm going to cut you off. I hate seeing it. Maybe I'll text you about it later. I also think that that, yeah, it's that thing where... Yeah, it sucks to, you know, feel responsible for making someone cry, but also you're pretty you're putting crying on a pretty high pedestal instead of just letting it be a natural thing that happens that people do that and that is another theme in this show and kind of in K dramas, but specifically this show, like they're all terrified of making um Chun Young's parents cry when they're, you know, telling them about her being terminally ill and then they also observe how strong they're being and how they're trying not to cry and part of me is just like what all of you have problems all of you have problems with crying and that is the base root of everyone's issues except chung young's and to be fair because jin Jin sucks just cries he's like if i want to cry i'm actually gonna cry and you all can just deal with it Yes, I love it. I love a cry. I love a dude that cries. To be- I did not care for him when this show be- began. And now I'm kind of team Jin Suk. Because he, uh, he's the only one out here expressing his feelings and saying what he means. So, mm-hmm. and, and Sian Yu, to be fair, he, uh, he does okay work. He doesn't really cry, but he also uh, doesn't really bottle up a bunch of stuff. He kind of he bottled up, I guess, the last two episodes. Uh, but these two, he was he was mostly fine. He got back on track. He's getting, yeah, yeah, he goes through his phases where he's like, I don't know how to tell somebody something. But I think he then goes back to default Sonu mode where he's like, I've got to tell somebody something. And he does a good job. I think, yeah, Sonu's pretty good. Jinsok, top tier. He's like, if I'm sad, I'm going to cry. And you can cry with me or you could not. I don't care. 
Juhi's right up there with him. She's like, I'm going to cry, and I don't see why you guys have a problem with that. They are <laughs> they are top tier. Sunwoo's right below that. Everyone else is like, if you don't bottle up your emotions, it will make me slightly uncomfortable because then I will also have to express my emotions, and I don't want to deal with that. And it's like, yo, <laughs> ooh, talk to someone. Yeah. I'm going to now, in order to make you bottle up your emotions, bottle up my emotions, and withhold information from you, and weaponize everyone's emotions to make sure that no one ever expresses them. <laughs> you monsters, just tell each other things. Jesus. <laughs> Stop doing what you're doing. I hate it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're getting better. It's going fine. <laughs> it's going okay. It's going okay. I think people are getting better. I, okay, I have one last thing and then we can, then we can cut off because I know we're going crazy on time, but I did, I had mixed feelings, but I think I landed on liking the scene between Mijo and Sowon where she's like, you should probably just play the piano because you have a gift. I don't, I don't think I like that she baked guilt into it where she was like, your parents would be disappointed if you... <laughs> Like, yeah, jeez. You don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> like, your dead parents would be very disappointed in you. It's like, yikes. Um, you don't need to do that. But I, I did like the sentiment of, like, it's your gift, not his. Yeah. He didn't give it to you. So, yeah. I landed yeah, on liking it. Yeah, I did too. I think that sometimes Mijo doesn't quite hit the nail on the head with the way she expresses stuff. Uh, so yeah, I agree with the the weird delivery, but the sentiment was right. <laughs> Overall, a good scene, but uh, yeah, someone does need to talk some uh, someone out of her own head because she uh, she also gets up gets up in her own head, just feeling certain ways about certain things, and bottles it up and doesn't tell anyone until it is a crisis. So. Yeah, which is hard because now she's living in the mountains. She It feels like she's finally having time alone to think for herself. So I guess it is a good time to start introducing like, hey, do you want to play piano or did your dad want you to play piano? It's time for you to decide that for yourself. But yeah, it's hard not to be like, can everybody just leave her alone for like a year and just let her do her for once? Feels like yeah. she's always been led by external pressures, and maybe she just needs a year off to be like, who's so one? Yeah. What does she want? She can hang out with the kids, help around the orphanage, and maybe pick up piano, and maybe not, and that's up to so on. So, and maybe she can see her brother when he comes to do English teaching every quarter. <laughs> Some uh, every. Yeah, quarter sounds right. Or like, um, maybe just that one time, just that one English lesson. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> this new English teacher sucks. Um, He's so unreliable. He really, someone needs to talk to him about how he can't just be such an unreliable entity in these kids' lives. <laughs> it's messed up. It's messed up. Whatever. I'm not going to be the one to do it. <laughs> Maybe so one will. She'll be like, hey, so I've been here for a while now. 
And I've noticed that you just kind of pop in whenever you want and pretend to be an English teacher. And that's not really good structure <laughs> for these kids who need a bit more structure than, than maybe other kids do. So I'm going to ask that you, you keep coming, but just on a volunteer basis, not as the English teacher person. Yeah. Maybe you can grill for them as long as you don't bring your girlfriend who does want to be the person who grills for them. <laughs> Don't fight in front of the kids, okay, please? <laughs> oh, okay, that's all I had. Uh, that is all that I also have. If you, if there's anything that we missed, anything that simply must be talked about that we did not talk about, you can reach out to us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Woo! Or you can find everything <laughs> all in one place on our website, playonk.com. That's including all of our episodes, a place to comment on each episode. You can sign up for our newsletter, or you can find our affiliates to help the podcast while getting a cool thing for yourself, like Blueberry Podcast Hosting if you want to start your own podcast, or Skillshare if you want to upskill an area of your life, or NordVPN if you want to protect your internet browsing and perhaps even watch some K-dramas that may not be licensed to your region. That's all, once again, at playonk.com. Yeah, we also um, have... I'll, I'll let you actually do... We have our Patreon. <laughs> I always forget that I have no clue what to say about social media, but I do know what to say about our Patreon, which is going through some... She she's getting a facelift, you know, but like in a good like in like it's all good and natural, and we're we're all excited. Everything feels very new, and you can check that out at patreon.com slash playonk. There's also a link for that on on our website if you're just like already there looking at NordVPN anyway. So yeah, as Raquel said, we are on a few places on social media. We are on Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast. We're technically on Twitter at PlayOnK, but we never use that, so don't talk to us there. But we are also on TikTok now at PlayOnK underscore Emily. You can just stop by any of those places and give us a hey. Yeah, and then uh, the very freest way to help us out uh, is just to give us a five-star rating maybe if you if that if, if five stars is what you feel in your heart but also like that's what helps us also um and just like a review wherever you listen to us it helps other k-drama podcast listeners find us and uh we let we love to spread the word have have a nice good good community out here yeah okay this is the worst possible place to do this i forgot to share a fun fact with you and i could just wait till the bonus episode but you know that actor that they saw in the show that everyone was, like, obsessed with? Oh, yeah. He played himself. He was he was an actor oh. who, who played his, himself. I thought that was really cool. Okay. That is cool. Guess how much younger he is than us, and your feelings will be hurt by the answer. Is he, like, is he, like, 24? Im Shiwan. He was born... In 1988. No, he wasn't! <laughs> He's so much older than us. And he looks so much younger than us. No! That was the year Craig was born, was 88. Does Craig look a lot like Im Shiwan, like an 18-year-old child baby? 
He does not look like a tiny baby. Thank God, I will say. Like, no shade. Sorry, Shuang. But, like, um, uh, that is... That is a skincare I mean, here's routine. the thing. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I wish... I've said it before, I'll say it again. I wish I could have a fraction of the, like, skin health that these people who all exceed my age... Just like a fraction of their, their good, good skin that, like the lack of wrinkles, the glow, all of it, all of it would just be amazing. But when I see that shit, it just, it's different, right? Because I'm, right now I'm used to seeing all of these people play like 30, 39 year olds, right? And they look like that's, that's reasonable. They just look flawless. They look like flawless 39-year-olds, and instead he's out here saying, yeah, I'm a tight 35, but I look like an 18. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, he'll be an immaculate 39-year-old, so... (laughs) Yeah, good for him. We love you, and Shiwan. Congratulations (laughs) on your 21st birthday next year. Um... That's it. Oh my god. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, <laughs> Jada.